Welcome to Inside Economics. I'm Mark Sandy, the Chief Economist of Moody's Analytics, and I'm joined by my two trusty co-hosts, uh, Chris Dorides. Uh, Chris is the Deputy Chief Economist, and Marissa Natale. Marissa keeps the trains on the tracks. So uh, good to have you both. How are you guys doing? Hey, Mark. Good. How are Hello. you? Doing well. Okay. Everything's okay? You guys are back up and running. I know you were under the weather there for a little bit, but you're feeling better? You've, you kicked yeah. COVID? I'm back at 100%. Okay. Marissa, uh, I wouldn't say I'm a hundred percent. I'm still not feeling great. I'm a little congested, as you can probably hear. But uh, no, you, sound you know, good to me. oh, good. Okay, good. Yeah, and you look marvelous. I have so. my my Kleenex at the ready. Okay, perfect. Good. It's good early job. morning for you, though. So that's true. That's yeah. true. Very early. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for doing this so early. Yeah. Where are you traveling, Mark? No, I uh, I was in New York for a couple of days. I made it back uh, home last night, and I was at a Moody's Credit Risk Conference. Boy, what a lugub- lugubrious bunch of folks! Uh, you know, so I do this uh, informal survey, and, and I say, you know, what uh, who who out there thinks that we're going to have a recession in the next twelve to eighteen months? Raise your hand. Hundred people in that room, I'd say ninety-five think we're going into recession in the next twelve to eighteen months. Uh, but these are all risk managers. I mean, you know, so maybe a little they're, bit more they're pessimistic. They're paid to be more pessimistic. Yeah, I think so. But I, it made me uh, very nervous. Uh, that <laughs> yeah, I tried to cheer them up, but no, no, impossible. Mm, it's tough. That's tough. tough. Yeah, it wasn't going to work. And we've got a guest, John. John Tuig. Good, good to have you, John. Welcome. No, I, I think the the number of Google searches for lugubrious just went up. That was a <laughs> for a seven thirty word vomit on me there, Mark. That was a, that's a strong one. I wasn't ready for that. So that, you uh, know, I, I, I've got these Zandyisms, and that's yeah. on the list. You know, lugubrious. Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, Mark. Uh, Mark loves his words. I love my I, words. I, I, man, that was yeah. that was a that was a strong one right out of the gate. So, <laughs> uh, good morning, one. everybody. Um, <laughs> Hopefully, I used it right. Have uh, your Webster dictionary and your coffee for this particular presentation. Uh, today. Chat GPT. You know, yeah, absolutely. There you go. Yeah. Maybe this yeah. all just is Chat GPT. Maybe it's not really us. Maybe it's just oh, box. Could be, oh, could okay. be. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the listener it can quickly discern that we have a, a good relationship with John. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. John, John is at Raymond James and. John, I don't even know what's your title. Like, what, uh, managing director, head of whole loan trading here at Randy cool. James. That's a great uh, title. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, uh, and we've been doing these. Would yeah. you call them webinars? Are they well, webinars? webinars, podcasts? I mean, if you remember when COVID happened and and everything in person kind of went away, we all pivoted to to online media, right? So when we didn't know what Zoom was. And we were still trying to figure out how to use our, our webcam and everything had gone from audio to video. Uh, so what, I don't know, what is it? Is it a podcast? Is it, is it a vid? Is it a VOD? Um, yeah. Yes. The answer is is online content. And we're, we are, to your point, you just did your conference here the other day. We just, I just got back from Atlanta. Raymond James had their, uh, their annual conference again. It was nice to be back in person, but uh, still doing a lot of, you know, the, the digital content as well, which, and, and Moody's has been, Wonderful. We've really enjoyed the in-conversation uh, webinars that we've been doing with a number of your uh, your speakers and yourself. Uh, mortgages, autos, commercial loans, yourself on kind of economic, Mr. Doritas on uh, you know overall economic items, unsecured lending, credit cards. I mean, pretty much anything across the lending and banking 
uh, sector is is kind of what you and I have been doing over these last. Yeah, it's yeah. three four years now, Mark. It's not like it's been just yesterday. We've we've been at this for a while now. It's nice. I, I know they're they're really easy, a lot of fun. Uh, yep. Of course, you make them r- really interesting. Uh, so uh, and and you have a really uh, uh, interesting uh, set of clients. They tend to be smaller. Uh, banks and credit unions, uh, smaller financial institutions. Yeah. The more regional and community guys are who we deal with kind of that $75 billion in asset and down kind of institution. We love the Wells Fargo's and the JP Morgan's and the, you know, the, the Goldman's of the world, but, but we're more the middle markets. Um, so these regional banking crisis has been very real for us. This, yeah. uh, this lack of liquidity that's out there has been very real, something we've been feeling for, for several months. So when you reached out and said, "Hey, this this might be a, a timely topic," uh, uh, absolutely, this is after like Silicon Valley and yeah. Signature and everything. It was you know we were we were in L.A. on March the eighth, uh, right when that news came out, and um, it, and it went through like wildfire. We had a conference uh, in Beverly Hills, and I remember it was a Wednesday. And that Monday was, they were going concerned that Wednesday they were talking about doing the capital raise. They had sold the bonds. Uh, and then by Friday it was over, uh, and it was like, Whoa, what just, what just happened? <laughs> Middle of the day over. Which yeah. Like, the FDIC yeah. never does that. Right. They and, and didn't have a buyer for it. Right. I yeah. mean, that was remarkable that we went through the weekend and, and, you know, who's going to buy the loans, who's going to buy the bonds. We don't know. So, Which means uh, they must've been really terrified by the deposit outflows that were occurring through the system. Well, when for them to when do that. you, when you yell fire in the theater, Mark, and people yeah. start running for the door and $42 yeah. billion starts running for the door, you don't have a whole lot of options. Yeah, really amazing. And you're uh, you're hailing from Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis, Tennessee, and celebrating the Grizzlies win last night. I was in the forum. It was rocking as we took it to LeBron. Uh, and we're really just thrilled to, uh, to, to get game two back. We, we lost John Morant. Uh, if I you're saw a basketball that. fan, uh, a yeah. really gnarly fall on that wrist. He's got some soft tissue injuries there, but uh, uh, Xavier Tillman and, and Tyus took us to, uh, to the victory. So uh, now it's back to L.A., uh, and, uh, and we're hopeful we can win one on the road and, and get the home court advantage back. Well, of course, we're Sixers fans, you know, John. So enough of the. We'll see. We'll see in the finals, yeah, my friend. Yeah. We'll see in the finals. Oh, uh, look forward uh, fingers to, crossed. Uh, I'd go yeah. for that. Yeah. I look, look forward yeah. to seeing you there and uh, go Grizz. That's all I can say. Yeah. About. I saw the game on Monday night. The Sixers play. Um, gee, who did they beat? Who did they play? I'm just, like, I can't even remember. You're, it's the yeah. East. I'm more worried about the West. But. Uh, oh, oh, the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You should, yeah. you should, yeah. you should handle I'm that. already you looking the past Nets. them. You're, you're yeah. 2 and 0 already. Uh, yeah. You've got, uh, you've got game three tonight against the Nets. You're, you're going to yeah. handle that easy. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Well. I hope you're right. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you're, you're, as, as we were saying, you, you, you're a lot of your clients are smaller financial institutions, yeah. obviously kind of, uh, ground zero for, uh, the problems in the banking system. And, uh, you, you do uh, whole loan trading. Do you want to explain that just a little bit? Cause yeah. that's really critical to the conversation. Yeah. So anything that's not in a bond that would be on the balance sheet. So the mortgages, the mortgage book, commercial real estate book, the auto book, credit card book. Uh, HELOCs, unsecured lending, solar lending, personal lending. Um, you know, people monitor and have been talking so much about the securities book lately and, and the unrealized losses and everything that goes with it. Bonds are 20% of the balance sheet. Loans are usually 60% 
of the balance sheet, if not more. Um, and, and yes, we've had this kind of influx of cash. And so the securities book has kind of grown over the last two, three years because of COVID. All the stimulus that's been thrown at us, but but the bond book, or excuse me, the loan book is uh, has its similar challenges to it. It's more illiquid. Uh, it's more difficult to trade. We're talking about raw collateral here. We're talking about the actual note hmm. mortgage on your home. We're talking about you know the car you drive to work. We're talking about the office building that you're in right now, uh, and pools of those loans as as depositories manage that risk on their portfolio um, is, is kind of what we make a market and trade. So $50 million of prime jumbo residential mortgages, uh, you know, a, a bucket of a couple of pools of, of commercial real estate loans, maybe their office, maybe their retail, maybe their multifamily, um, you know, a pool of solar loans, uh, particularly out in California, right? All of the solar panels that are kind of appearing on houses these days. There's a, there's a market for that future cash flow. It, I'll try to liken it when to, to somebody who's familiar with the bond market and they're familiar with, uh, you know, RMBS, mm. just chop the S off. It's mm. the same no. cash flow. Yeah. It's the same collateral. It doesn't have the full faith and credit of the United States government behind it. Residential mortgage-backed security, but not the security. Take the security yeah. off. Yeah, right. Residential mortgage-backed. Um, yeah. And so yeah. you're looking and buying the raw credit risk. You have to underwrite it. You have to understand the loan to value. You have to understand the borrower's position. Mm-hmm. Have to send in their, their their credit and their their income stream. But uh, it's the same same kind of underlying cash flow. Mm-hmm. So this may be an unfair question, but I'm just so curious. Uh, sure. If you take like a typical year, what would mm-hmm. be like the annual trading volume for? Bond, well, last year was anything, yeah. And last year was anything but typical for us. We did about $15 billion in loan sales, about 475 trades. Now, a, a bond trades T plus two, right? You, you settle in two days. A loan trade mm-hmm. takes about 45 days to close. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not unlike buying your house. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you got a buyer and a seller, you got a contract, documents mm-hmm. have to be signed, uh, diligence has to be done. It's a little bit more like an investment banking function than it is more of just a go to Bloomberg mm-hmm. and enter in a QSIP and boom, you're done or a stock order. Um, so, you know, volumes here in the last two years have been very elevated because there's so much cash in the system and institutions were trying to put money to work and almost racing to put money to work as all these deposits come in and they're trying to spend it. Now, kind of the opposite is true. Uh, trading volumes have really slowed down. Depositories are struggling for cash, uh, almost even starting to try to hoard cash. Um, and, and, you know, struggling with rising deposit costs, uh, alternative funds of the bank term funding program, uh, the discount window, brokered CDs, you know, alternative forms of liquidity. So no question trading volumes are down compared to, uh, to what we saw in 22 and 21. So the, the, here we are mid April, we're about a yeah. month past the, uh, SVB fail, the Silicon Valley mm-hmm. bank failure and the mm-hmm. banking crisis. We're calling, uh, I'm calling it a crisis for sure. lack of a better term. Sure. Yeah. Uh, probably uh, given that the government had to step in and backstop everything, that feels like a crisis to me. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, two of the largest bank failures in the history of the United States, Mark. I think that, yeah. that qualifies. Qualifies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's so since that event or events, has trading volume really fallen off? I mean, it was a little bit of hands off the wheel. And going back to March eighth, right? Kind of what we we're talking about at the conference. It's more just like shock and awe, right? Mm. Um, uh, how could this happen? How could this happen so quickly? Um, it, it was really kind of remarkable to watch. And, and there was uh, a lot of phone calls coming in saying, hey, if I had to sell, kind of what could I sell and where could I sell it? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but the problems persisted for a while. It's, it's been pretty well documented. Rates have risen so quickly when you have the unrealized losses that you have in the bond portfolio. And, and, and one of the things I, I like to point out on SVB, it, it wasn't a credit issue. It was a liquidity issue, right? I mean, the, the bonds right. they had were underwater. Deposits flew out the door. They couldn't raise cash fast enough. They went to the Federal Home Loan Bank. They went to the discount window. Just, it, it couldn't come together quick enough. By and large, I mean, they were mortgage backs and, and treasuries that were on the balance sheet, right? And uh, it wasn't like it was the subprime crisis of 2008 all over again. We, we, we haven't felt credit at all be the issue. And that's pretty consistent with our customers and pretty consistent throughout. It's just when you double rates in a year, uh, you know, things are at discounts. And so there was that minute of everybody kind of racing around and looking around and saying, oh gosh, what if the spotlight hits me uh, and, and what do I do? And so a lot of phone calls were had with customers and a lot of conversations focusing around, hey, are these massive deposit outflows happening? Are there lines out the door with people you know, at the ATM trying to pull dollars out? And I remember sitting there that Monday morning after SVB uh, crashed, and I looked around the room in my trading room. I said, guys, did, did you go to your bank this weekend? Did you take out $10,000? Did you take out $5,000? Did you need some, some money under your mattress? Did you move money to, to Bank of America or, or Goldman or the too big to fail shops? And no, uh, you know, there, there were the handful of institutions on the West Coast that, that seemed to be, you know, with the uninsured deposits. And, and that became kind of a story and a headline for a minute. But, I, you know, largely it, it wasn't for those more, um, you know, what I would call rural institutions uh, that didn't have the word West in their name. It seemed like every bank that had the word West <laughs> right. in it was under kind of right. scrutiny right. there for a and, and that's that's absolutely true. Yeah. Banks had nothing to do with anything because no. they yeah, had West in it they, uh, in their name. They were getting getting nailed. Yeah. Yeah. And it's almost like, you know, a couple of years ago, if you had the word, you know, Bitcoin or, you know, something uh, or dot com way back in the day, you know, you're nothing to go up now if you had yeah, exactly. in it because nothing was down. But anyway, um, uh, it, it's, it seems to have subsided. Uh, I, I, it feels less volatile. It feels safer today. And we haven't had a, you know, a closure in a couple of weeks now. I know there's a couple of names in the box that we're looking at. First Republic, Western Alliance had some good earnings numbers the other day. It, it, it feels like, Mark, we're almost to the other side of this. I, I'm hoping. Yeah. And, and in terms of your, your trading uh, activity, uh, is that stable or is that coming back? Or It's coming back. Yeah, no, it, it, I mean, it, has, okay. it has felt more vibrant. There are what we have experienced, for better or worse, loans, you don't have to mark to market. So let's put that out there, right? Whereas in bonds, you, you, you can do this whole held to maturity versus available for sale kind of game and gimmick and accounting. Loans, you don't have that experience. So most of these institutions still own these loan books at par, even though they're probably worth you know 85 to 95 cents on the dollar today, not because of credit, purely because of you know rate. And we haven't had a lot of people be forced sellers, no gun to the head saying, you need to go raise cash. You need to go raise cash right now. Um, so we don't feel any of that urgency. Mm-hmm. But those institutions that were saying, you know, I won't sell anything unless it's par or better, they've come off that a little bit. They've been willing to say, well, show me a bid at 97. Show me a bid at 95 cents on the dollar, uh, even though you're still a good ways away from that level. And that's because they do want to shore up some cash. They do want to be able to go to the regulator and say, uh, you know, hey, um, you know, I, I've got a contingency plan for this. They're they're dusting that playbook off right now. Well, let me ask you uh, 
about the banking system, uh, and I and I do want to get into you know different loan types, sure, get your sure. sense of what's going on, yeah, get more granularity there, but more from a kind of a thirty thousand foot level, uh, do you think the banking system broadly is in good shape, okay shape, uh, or did what ha- is what happened here more just idiosyncratic related to a few banks that are kind of out out on the tail of the distribution that just got caught uh, and uh, and it's not symptomatic of something broader in the system? Or do you think the system is uh, more troubled uh, and this is symptomatic of a broader set of issues? No, I mean, I think the banking system is pretty sound. We, we have do. some issues. Okay. We do. We have some liquidity problems right now, but it, it, it's not credit. Um, uh, so, so broad strokes, SVB was uh, a little bit more of, of venture capital, uh, some very wealthy individuals, a lot of deposits running out the door, uh, a shareholder letter that spooked some people, and and boom. Uh, we can even talk about maybe the the mismanagement of how they did the the attempt of mm-hmm. the capital raise versus the bond sale. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. Uh, Silvergate was a more of a crypto story, uh, and Signature. Uh, I almost felt like that was an afterthought. SVB happened on Friday and then kind of New York said on Sunday, oh, by the way, we're going to close them too. Mm. Uh, Third largest bank failure in the country feels like an afterthought, kind of, whoa. But most other institutions don't have that challenge. And we've talked about First Republic a little bit. They're a a billionaire's bank. So, okay, maybe that could happen. But it's been remarkable to me to see how the banking community has kind of rallied around that brand that is First Republic and has really tried to work very hard to save them. And it's a wonderful bank. Uh, but beyond that, you know, everyday America Main Street lending doesn't have the the run happening on them from a deposit standpoint, I don't think that that others do. And yeah, there were some small deposit outflows, less than 2%. That seems to have stabilized a little bit. Yes, there was some kind of immediate hits to this new bank term funding program, the discount window, federal home loan advances, that, that, that's all happening, but that's subsided uh, since the crisis. And, but by and large, credit is sound. Yes, deposit costs are going up. Yes, funding costs are going up, uh, but, but they're well capitalized uh, and, and, and I think pretty good shape. Hey Chris, is are you as sanguine as John is about the? Is, is my interpretation of what John just said is you know this is the SVB signature uh, Silvergate are kind of idiosyncratic. They've got their own specific issues. Uh, there may be a, a couple other three, four, five out there that might be problematic, but they're small, no big deal. I'm putting words in John's mouth. I added that. That's, Largely, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And. Uh, in in the system broadly is on, on solid financial ground. Uh, is it, what's your sense of that, Chris? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I think we've we've largely dealt with the liquidity issues as well. At least there are facilities out there that if more problems should crop up related to that, I think there we can muddle through. Um, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I do worry about credit coming. I know there are no credit issues today, right? Or relatively few, but yeah. I see. Uh, I'm seeing into the future that we are going to get more losses, more uh, delinquency delinquencies. I think there's lots of capital in the system today still that we could manage through. So I'm not anticipating crisis, but I I wouldn't want to discount that there will be additional trouble ahead. There may be additional bank failures as we start to go through the actual credit cycle part of this. Yeah. Marissa, anything to add there? Any pushback? Would you want to take the other side of this? 
No, I I, okay. I, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, <laughs> it would be it, kind it, of scary <laughs> to do that. Yes. <laughs> We're going under. Um, yeah. No, and I mean, and the Treasury and the Fed has, you know, implicitly sort of backstopped all these deposits, right? So uh, that really adds just, I think, to the confidence in the banking system if something else were to go awry. So that certainly helped. Yeah. I, I would echo what Chris said. I, I, he, he's right in that most of our customers are not worried about credit right now. Maybe on the bottom end of subprime auto, uh, maybe on the bottom end of credit card, maybe on the bottom end of, uh, of personal loans, unsecured personal loans. You're, you're starting to see some signs of cracks there in credit. Mortgage, I think, is rock solid. Uh, I'm, I'm worried, Mark, you and I have talked about commercial real estate. We've talked about office in particular is really kind mm-hmm. of not, not a place I want to be. Um, but the upper end of credit, FICO, is, is sound. It's the lower end of income. It's younger borrowers that are getting hit a little bit more by inflation, struggling to kind of keep up with their, their payments. Uh, I, I've listened to many of your your, uh, your episodes here. I really enjoyed the conversation with Mike Brisson uh, and and the, the gentleman from Cox. He's good. He's really good. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm a huge I'm a huge Mike fan. He yeah. does a great job and, and great command of his numbers too. Right. I, I enjoyed don't, the don't banter. Be, don't don't you're sucking up now, John. Don't. I don't enjoyed do the banter between you two last week. It's always fun to watch you two kind of pass zingers at one another. Um, uh, but you know, and the sad thing, he, he's a lot more right than I am. So. No, 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 no. Uh, you know, it was, it was, it was great commentary. But you know, the auto sector has has been an interesting space to kind of watch and and kind of see how that's shaped up. Uh, I mean, if, uh, I was looking for your 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 numbers game last week, and um, if, if I had been on that panel last week for for the auto conversation, it would have been uh, my number would have been seventeen percent, and that is the number of uh, new vehicles. Uh, whose payments are over one thousand dollars a month? Oh, interesting! So new auto loans and the value of those new auto loans have gone so high, coupled with higher rates. Imagine the average consumer floating wow. a one thousand wow. dollar a month. That's really high. I, 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 I mean, would, carry I that note for that. a little yeah. while, right? That, yeah. that, that that stings, and you know, might kind of dance. I said, like the, the I used to be the typical stuff. rental payment. Yeah, right. yeah, <laughs> used to be. So, Used to. Those are, um, you know, those are challenges for that particular sector that could be coming to Chris's comment. Uh, you know, if we do see unemployment tick up, which has been stubbornly low, uh, and if we do start to see performance kind of spin out a little bit, uh, he's right. There, there's, there's some pain coming, but it's not here yet. Yeah. Just to make it clear for the listener, uh, because not everyone is kind of in this world as regular as we are. It's very niche. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Credit versus liquidity credit, meaning delinquency default, you know, somebody's not repaying their loan. Uh, That's credit. And and what's what we're observing here is that so far delinquency and defaults are, are low. They're rising and concerns are going to rise a lot more, but right now they're low. Liquidity is about getting the, the very simply the cash, that you need to make a loan uh, and, right. to, and to uh, operate. And of course, banks need continual uh, funding, uh, continual liquidity. And if that gets cut off for whatever reason, and of course, deposits are a key source of liquidity for banks, particularly smaller institutions, then that becomes quickly a problem for them. And it's existential, you know, very quickly. I mean, meaning they can literally fail, go out of business. So liquidity is the, has, 
as uh, John, as you've been saying, is is the issue today. Correct. Credit may be the uh, issue for uh, uh, down the road. Can can we latch on to that one? Because I've, I've as I watch the talking heads on TV and 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 the media as they post it and they keep saying credit is tightening, credit is tightening. I, we don't we don't feel that. We feel liquidity tightening. So these higher rates, deposit outflows, higher cost of funds. We've been at such a low interest rate environment, such a low cost of funds for depositories for so long where it was literally a handful of basis points. You know, Maybe your cost of funds was 50, 25 basis points over the last couple of years. Once you run out of those deposits and you have to go to the federal home loan bank, it's four and a half, five 5%, 450 basis points, 500 basis points as your cost of funds or brokered CDs. It, it's expensive, right? And so as these institutions quickly realize, oh gosh, it's not cheap sources of funding, they have to raise rates. That's why we start talking about auto loans at nine and a half percent mortgages at six and a half percent unsecured loans credit cards and the you know high teens um uh, commercial real estate hasn't figured out where cap rates are yet they're still mm-hmm. really struggling right now for you know what's an appropriate loan rate that's what i'm talking that our customers are really feeling right now is they're they're not pulling back because they're worried about credit they're they're pulling back because they're worried they can't fund it and and that's going to be the part that'll be interesting to watch in earnings over time. So I, I take exception to someone who says it's credit that's causing them. I think it's cash and, and having to fund these loans. That's the challenge for them. today. Or, or maybe just like the way we're thinking about it, it's, it's the cash today, but it's also the, can these guys pay me back in the future affecting sure. my underwriting today? Sure. Um, um, uh, I was going to ask, um, about the government response before we talk about the fallout of all this on the economy, underwriting and, and, and on loan growth and on the economy. It, obviously, the government backstopped the entire system, stepped in, insured all of the depositors in these uh, failed institutions, uh, those below the deposit insurance limit of 250K, those above. And then, of course, the Fed stepped in with a credit facility to help with that liquidity issue that we just talked about. What what is your sense of that? Was that appropriate for them to do? I mean, there's a lot of debate, obviously, around that because you know the deposit insurance limits there because you you want uh, depositors with lots of cash in these banks to be very careful about where they put their money to discipline the banks so that the banks don't take a lot of risk. And by insuring everybody, you're kind of creating this 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 moral potential moral hazard. So that's the the concern and the debate. Uh, do you have a perspective on that? Where do you land? Where did you land on that? So I, I live in a I live in a sales world, Mark. So you know, in trading, we're always kind of backstop me, please, baby. The hustle is real over here, Mark. <laughs> so I I have incredible respect for the interim um, SVB uh, CEO, who not two weeks after the implied or otherwise deposit guarantee was out there saying we are the only bank in the country that has not the implied, the, the guarantee of the backstop. So please bring your money into SVB as we work to recapitalize this institution. That's, point, I mean, man. that is just, that is selling 101. I, I loved that. I was just, I was really fired up to see this guy have the chutzpah to be yeah. able to just do this in this particular market. Uh, so is it implied? I mean, it's almost like what we talk about for the GSEs. Uh, you know, is it the implied guarantee of the, you know, of the United States uh, and the taxpayer dollars compared to, uh, you know, I, I, look, 
most of us, my mother, she puts her money in her bank. Uh, she doesn't know what the bank is doing from an investment banking standpoint, from a wealth management standpoint, from a, a lending standpoint. All she wants to know is her money's safe. All she wants to know is she can still write checks. And yes, she still writes checks. Um, that's, that's still a thing for her, right? She's, she's not using Venmo. She's not using PayPal. She's got a credit card, but she just wants to know when she goes to the, to the branch, and yes, you know, uh, John, just to interrupt, going, Chris yeah. is still writing checks, you know, I, I, you know. He, he writes checks to uh, the, you know, for his crypto accounts, you know, there you go. So, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Well, I hope he's still got a balance there. Right. Yeah. Vintage. It's, it's, uh, yeah, Bitcoin. But she, she just wants to know her money's safe, Mark. Uh, and she wants to know that she can get her money. And so at that very, very basic level, I, I do think that uh, depositors should have that guarantee and, and should feel. Uh, feel safe that their cash is there. And, and let's be honest, it is cash. Uh, it should be something that they can get out and it should be something that's liquid. How about that? Sounds fair. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the uh, uh, fallout uh, from all this. You know, we're four weeks in and everyone's trying to get a, a sense of, uh, and the system is stabilized, obviously. Uh, the, the government backstop deposit outflows have stopped. Um, we're seeing uh, less use of the various credit facilities. So it feels like it's moving in the right direction. Yep. Uh, but there uh, is likely going to be a fallout. One of the principal links between this, what's happened to the banking system and the economy runs through uh, underwriting. You know, Will banks tighten, tighten up on their underwriting, make it more difficult to get a loan? Or if you get a loan you, under higher uh, interest rates, more onerous terms, and what that means for loan growth and credit growth, and ultimately that drives business decisions around hiring and investment and consumer decisions around spending and economic activity. Uh, and, and maybe I'll go to Marissa first uh, to you. Um, I don't know. Did you catch uh, the minutes from the FOMC meeting yesterday? Did you have a chance to take a look at that? I didn't, no. You didn't? Chris, did you take a look at that at all? Yes. Maybe, maybe I'm the only one who took a look. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, they, they spent obviously a lot of this is the the uh beige book. I should have mentioned the beige book uh that the Fed puts together. And that wasn't from the FOMC minutes. I apologize. It was the oh, beige okay. book that came out yesterday. Sorry okay. about that. I looked at both. My yeah. bad. My bad. Uh th that uh, the Fed district banks uh provided an assessment of what's going on in their uh uh, economies that they uh, that they're uh, that they're in, and uh, of course, this beige book was done after the banking crisis, and a lot of the focus was on underwriting standards. What are the banks doing with underwriting? Did did you take a look at that, Chris? That beige book, and I did. Give a sense. Okay, geek. Uh, hopefully, I'm not taking your statistics. I, I know what like you're going to say. Yeah, you are. I already yeah, stole. I already stole two of his statistics. I, I yeah, you did. What the pre-call. Yes. So uh, pre-call. He's 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 yeah. scrambling as it is. So I yeah. Let me throw you out so, the statistic now. Nine. Yeah. What's your interpretation of that? My number is nine. The number is nine. <laughs> number is number nine. is nine. Uh, what is the? Oh. Oh really? The number nine. It, it encapsulate the summary. <laughs> nine out of nine out of. Nine out of the regional Fed banks said that they were tightening Ooh, or that good. they were seeing tighter stand, tight, tighter lending standards in their districts. No, uh, that, that was more ambiguous. It was several said that they were tightening, seeing oh. some tightening. Uh, San Francisco in particular, 
as you can imagine. Makes is, sense. Is the most. <laughs> yeah, nope. They've got they've got two of them on their hands right yeah, now. So exactly. You get that. Yeah. But uh, well, is what, nine what, is nine that uh, we put a number together to try to quantify uh, the thrust of the beige book because it's it's qualitative and we want to put a number on it. Yeah. So we we go in and we kind of distill the directionally uh, the what they're saying. And is nine the number we came up with? No. To describe that? No. That's, okay. good, that's, that's good. Good guess. But good guess. Okay. You give what, up? What is nine? Then what is nine? So nine. So uh, Marissa was close. It's nine out of 12 districts reported little or no change in economic activity. Oh. Right. Oh. So if you're okay. trying to get gauge what happened in the immediate aftermath, they're not really Nothing. seeing much of a. At they're least not, not they're yet, not seeing right? an impact, or they're not, seeing a not much modest impact. impact, except San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. There were three. Actually, San Francisco also was included in that in that nine in terms of little oh. or no change okay. in economic activity. They're seeing more on the lending standard, some some tightening. There were three districts that said that things are shaky, right? That the economic activity declined slightly. You want to guess those three? Redeem yourself. Uh, that's a really okay. Let, this will be fun. Uh, I know. We, just, we, we each can say one. Go, Mercy, you want to go first? New York. Nope. John? Uh, I'll go with Marissa, New York. No, he did. No, you no, already no. said this. No, that was wrong. It's still no. <laughs> still no. Uh, I mean, <laughs> That's like San Francisco would be my nest. I mean, my no, next not nope. that one. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm going to go with Philly. Yes, there you go. I should have. That was a layup. Yeah. I should have. Really? You, you with Mark. Yep. yep. Yeah, and there's two more. Um, How about Atlanta? No, Atlanta's doing well. Trying to pick the ones that are. I, it can't be Dallas. Dallas no. is going to be on Dallas. fire. Can't right be now. Dallas. Yeah, Dallas no. is doing great right now. Richmond. Richmond, very good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. See how you do this, John. This is how you do it. You, <laughs> you got to wade your way through it. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> this last one will be impressive. <laughs> the last one, I, I yeah. St. Louis. Oh, Kansas City. Yeah, Kansas I was going to go there. Yeah, because it's probably got a little bit more of the farm associated with it. Yep, that, that makes sense. I'll, I'll have to say though, I I I don't spend a lot of time on the beige book generally, no. but I did yeah. spend more time on this one because of getting a read the on the uh, underwriting and i was surprised and banks are tightening their underwriting in response to what's going on but i was surprised at uh how modest it felt like the tightening yeah. was it didn't feel like these guys are battening down the hatches yeah like I, that. I, that's what that's we're right. that's, that's mark right. that's what we're feeling on boots on the ground customers Is that right? are not, not worried about credit at all uh, we're still seeing risk on right now there there were again funding they're worried about and, and finding enough yield they're worried about they're worried about margin right i mean they're worried about margin compression and that they know their funding costs are going up we probably hit peak rates i think that's true um, and now they know that deposit cost, which is is a lag, is, is going to start coming up, and they know margins going to start getting pinched. And if Chris is right, and I, I tend to agree with him that we we're seeing loss provisions go up uh, because charge offs, it you know probably going to what I think a lot of economists have been saying normalize. Right, we're getting mm -hmm. away from the stimulus and we're getting back towards kind of 2018 vintage as opposed to 20 and 21. So they're expecting higher losses or more normal. I should say, and rising cost of funds, which is is crimping uh, crimping margin. So, so uh, this seems to suggest like like the key link between what is going on in the banking system and the in the real economy uh, 
is is not playing out as significantly as one might have feared just a couple three weeks ago. Is that right, Chris? I mean, is that yeah. your sense of it? Yeah, at least not yet. Um, and I guess the other kind of key point out in the beige book that stood out to me is that tourism is reported yes strong across the districts. So Waiting. again, yes. The immediate consumer impact doesn't seem to be there. If people were really worried about, you know, can I get money out of the bank? They would probably be more conservative in terms of that tourism. So, which yeah. uh, along those lines, Chris, on commercial real estate, that's one of the the sectors that's kind of hot: leisure and hospitality. Um, yeah, you know, that's, that, right. that's an area in CRE that's done well. It was also one that got mm-hmm. hammered during COVID, right? I mean, had Mark when we had this conversation, kind of early 2021 and lockdowns were pervasive and, you know, uh, you're also starting to see hirings and pretty strong, uh, reasonable, better jo- uh, job growth in, in that sector compared to, you know, tech, uh, yeah. banking. Uh, there's also no new, there's no new supply. We're not building any more hotels or no, very few, right? Yeah. So compared uh, yeah. to we are building apartments, right? We're not building office complexes or if we are, we're, no. we're struggling. Uh, that's, that's, that's real. Yeah. So, so uh, we were expecting uh, the the banking crisis to shave three, four, five tenths of percent off of real GDP growth in the coming year. The key link again is through tighter underwriting, less credit availability that uh, impacts business investment hiring and consumer spending. But the, it's still way too early think one thing or another, but so far, at least it doesn't feel like it's going to come in any worse than that. It would, the, 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 the downside risks here seem less significant than they did a few weeks ago. That, that's, that's my fair. sense of it. I think that's, that's fair. fair. Okay. Yeah. Barring okay. some other shock, yeah, something else going on. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, uh, I, I want to come back and kind of go through each of the lending types sure. uh, and talk about that. Uh, but before we do that, what's going on with the each of those lending types. But before we do that, let's play the statistics game. And just to remind uh, the listener, uh, the game is that we each put up a statistic. Uh, the rest of the group tries to figure, figure that out through uh, questions, clues, deductive reasoning. The best uh, statistic is one that's not so easy that we get it immediately, not so hard that we never get it. And if it's apropos to the conversation at hand or uh, related to a recent release, uh, all the better. And uh, it is tradition uh, on the podcast, John, to go to Marissa first. She's the first player in the statistics game. Marissa, you're up. So the first statistic I picked, I really came out last week, but it's really good. And I kind of want to use it. Maybe I'll come back to it. Okay. But I'll do, I'll play no, by ahead. the rules. It's okay. It's, it's fair. Okay. It's okay. Fire away. Well, you really want to use it. Are you sure we didn't use it on the podcast? You li- You listened. Actually, no, but I kind of doubt that you did. Okay, fair enough. Okay. All right, hang on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, the statistic is 3.24% in March. 3.24%. Is it related to the CPI, Consumer Price Index? No. Okay. Was it a government statistic? No. Oh, it comes from a trade group? No. Oh my God! Is it a financial? John uh, might not. Financial yeah, yeah. market measure. It's adjacent. Yeah. Is it an interest rate? No. Okay. Is it commodity price? No. It's adjacent. Is it? It's uh, it's 
we're just talking about. It's related to some we're just talking about. John was just talking. Uh, is it a uh, is it loan related? Yes. Delinquency. Oh, it's an int- It's not an interest rate on a loan. Okay. Delinquency or charge off rate? Uh, it is a delinquency yeah. rate yeah. on mortgages. Office delinquencies. What was that, John? Office delinquencies. Yes, it's the it's ah. the CMBS. It's ah. the Moody CMBS delinquency track, and that is the delinquency rate for offices. March and out of all segments, right? So industrial, warehousing, hotels, multifamily, it's the only delinquency rate that is that it that rose last month. And it's been on the up and up for most of the past year. And it's now just about at its peak of where it was right in the middle of the pandemic. That said, it's still very low historically. I mean, it's 3.24. Percent. You know, I would, look at the I, I would series, take the over really going going further. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It seems to be headed that way. So, and CMBS uh, is uh, commercial mortgage commercial mortgage backed securities. Security. So yeah. securitized uh, commercial real estate mortgage loans. So that's office right. related mortgage loans securitized. That's the delinquency rate that uh, that yep. is on that. Okay, as of March. Interesting. Is that? But you had another one. Another statistic. I did. did wanna, yeah. You, okay. Sure. This away. is an easy one. And this one okay. came out this last week is 2.9%. And this came out last week, you said? This, this week, week. This week. Oh, this week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, nothing came out this week, as far as I can tell. So 2. this should be easy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Well, it uh, should be easy, but I've been on the road this week and I haven't been paying attention to my economic uh, data. That's what's meant. <laughs> is it a government statistic? Yeah. Oh, it is. Um, From the Philly Fed? 2.9%. Chris, any ideas? I said Philly Fed, but uh, related. No, it's the Philly Fed. It's not. It's not the Philly Fed. Not the Philly Fed. Um, hmm. What do we get? We got construction. I don't think it's. Now you guys are mining the data releases of the week. Well, we shouldn't be doing that. Well, you're going to find it. No. <laughs> yes, well, if if I were to do a if I were to do a quick Google search, might it have been retail sales? There you go, John. Yes. Oh. It's year over year retail sales March. Yep. Oh, year over year. Yeah, oh. year over year. They were That's down amazing. 1% on the month. This is the third time in the in the past four months that retail sales have fallen on a monthly basis. And the growth on a year over year basis is now the weakest it's been since June of 2020. Implying um, the consumer is weakening a little bit, Marissa? So I would say I would say there are signs the consumer may be weakening a little bit. Now, and I should say this is headline sales. This includes autos and it includes gas, right? And we know that gas prices are down from where they were a year ago. But even if you strip out, sales are compared to where they were in the last year or so. Yeah, of course, that goes back to Chris's observation about tourism, right? I mean, that also reflects uh, a shifting in consumer preference, right? From right. From, from goods, goods to, to services. Yeah. To services. So hard, yeah. hard to know. That's the hard thing about the consumer. It's this big elephant. It depends on which part of the elephant you touch. You get this whole different perspective of what's going on. But but that's that's an interesting one. But that was last week, Marissa. That wasn't this week, right? It wasn't that wasn't, yeah. it, mon- that wasn't was, it Monday? No, that's what, no, that was a head fake. That was really oh, yeah. God. That all right. A, I'm all messed yeah. up. I was probably yeah. at the beginning of the week too. I've yeah, I've been under the I'm all messed fake up. News. Fake news. Fake news. Yeah. yeah. That's why I didn't get it, by the way. Because uh, you know. 
That's why. <laughs> That's the fake news. <laughs> hey, That's the fake news. There's Chris yeah. over the All top. Right. Thank you, sir. All right, All right John, you want to go next? You want to? I go would next? love to go next. Yeah, um, far away. Uh, 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 Seventy-one point eight billion. I know what that is. Should I tell you? Should I put you out of your misery immediately? Well, I mean, you're the one with the command of the math. Let's go. The, the bank term funding program, BTP, is it bank term fund, BTFP. Yeah, you want to explain, John? That's the the new kind of liquidity facility post SVB that, uh, that was released to, to give, uh, similar to what like the Federal Home Loan Bank would be or, or some of the other advances, but, but has no haircut. So if you're pledging assets and those assets are worth 80 cents on the dollar, you get the full 100% uh, takeout as opposed to, to the haircut and, um, follow-up question, Mark, uh, that number will be released today. So this is last week's number. Was that number up or down from the week before? Correct. Down, baby. Down. It was, uh, I, I'm speaking from memory. No. 79 billion. Uh, to, on the screws. Well done. Really? Two for two, you are. Yes. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Which I'm I, well, I, obviously, I'm following that very carefully. I yeah. would I would imagine we yeah. all are in, in banking yeah. land, right? But uh, I think that also implies, um, you know, some easing in the in the crisis that we've seen is that we're not, you know, rushing to, to some of those panic places. And um, there was some uh, some uh, discussion around a lot of our bankers that when Q2 hit, as opposed to Q1 hitting. There would be a surge in that because they didn't want to report it in their Q1 numbers. They wanted to have it in their Q2 numbers as they kind of went over that April date. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't see that. I don't feel that right now as I, as I stare at the information. Yeah, I'm really uh, a lot, a lot of good Fed data. I think does it come out tomorrow, John? The uh, I think it's at the end of today. I think it's closed it today? today on Thursdays okay. is what it's been doing. I think that's right. Yeah, and then we, of course we get the Fed's H8 release, which is the balance sheet of the banking system, assets, liabilities. I think that that comes out Friday, I believe. Uh, and that that's for the this past Wednesday. So that's another really good one. So that, that was a good statistic. But th- of course, I'm I'm, on a, I'm looking at that uh, like a laser beam. Oh, right, well, I want me to give you a harder one. Can I can I give you a tough yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feel which free. is which is near and dear to my heart. 81.4%. Ooh. Is this Up a price? From like a price 70.2%. Is it a price increase? It is not. Um, is it uh, some kind of haircut on some kind of loan? No. <laughs> okay. Sticking with the funding theme. The funding theme. Okay. So some. Oh, really? Uh, oh, is it Federal Home Loan Bank advances? No, sir. No. It's the. By the way, John, just as a this is a, a, t- a sidebar. Uh, I, I wrote a piece called In Defense of the Federal Home Loan Banks. I highly, highly recommend it. Chris, Chris, it a... Chris takes great umbrage with it, but. Uh, well, but, I, but, I, if, I, I will side with Chris then likely uh, in, in the conversation. But I will may, give it a read and I look forward to our next discussion where we can we can take it apart. It's well-reasoned though. Just Of course, say, naturally, so. always. Yes. <laughs> naturally. Yes. Okay, back to funding 81.4%. Uh, what were you going to say, Marissa? You had, a, you had something you were saying. No, 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 no. It's it's a it's a percentage. It's not a true right. It's a okay, it's, it's, a, it's it's a percent increase. No. Uh, well, it went from seventy point two to eighty one point four, and I'll give you one other clear. That's year yeah. over year. Year okay. From so it went from seventy to eighty one. The year over year growth rate accelerated. Mm. Is that what you're saying? 
Correct. Yeah. Well, okay. accelerated is one way to look at it. Yes. Oh, geez, man. This is. Oh, like, wow. Yeah. Um, and you said the harder, the better. I gave you too easy of one in the first yeah, time. Yeah, so I'm no, going to no, give you a bit a, more of an obscure number it's for a this funding one. one. This came uh, out this week? No. It, uh, so uh, oh. it's Q4's number. Oh, okay. Q1's number a... has not been released yet. Okay. So it's, okay. Oh. It's, uh, hmm. Money it... market mutual fund growth. No. No. Okay, that goes to is, it, is it a government statistic? Uh, yes, I would think it's a government statistic. Yep. How about oh. this? It's even more 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 focused. It's a banking statistic. The banking is, the, statistic. is it the federal uh, senior loan officer survey? Nope. nope. No. It, it's related to funding. So is it yes. a, a liability? A bank liability? Okay, you're getting closer. So is it deposit account? There, we're getting closer. Okay. So what? So some deposit account has increased quite dramatically. Year over year through the fourth quarter of twenty two of 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 twenty one. All deposits are declining. So what could have been increasing? That's interesting. You just Uh, you just you almost said it right there. You know what, Chris? What would that be? It's got to be some 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 money market. No, I said money market, so that can't be a money. uh, No, it's a banking liability. Uh, Oh, CD, some kind of CD, small time. Well, go go ahead. Uh, Marissa, is it like loss provisions or something? Nope. No, no, nope. no. He's saying it's a liability, a bank liability. It's a some funding All source. Right, so it's a deposit time deposits, account. Uh, savings of, accounts, or what, savings what? accounts, not savings accounts. Time deposits, small time. It is deposits. the it is the loan to share ratio for credit units. Last year, they were what oh, they call loan to deposit okay. ratio, what oh, credit oh. unions call. So credit unions have gone from a 70% loan to share ratio to an 81.4% loan to rate, implying that those deposits have been flying up, that those loans have been lent and they are running out of cash. That is, that's a, that was a really good one, actually. A really good one. I, that was, because I couldn't think of any deposit account that actually went up. That, that, that's true. Barking up the wrong tree. It, it increased, but it increased in a bad way, right? You know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, okay, Chris, you're up. Oh, I give you the nine, but if you want another one, I can, I can, uh, I'll give you an easy <laughs> one. Because I, I already you, we've gone through a, a bunch of. Okay, I, he's given us like five. Oh yeah, in fact, <laughs> he really he's, has. he's been washed out. And, and, and don't forget the reason. pre-call too. We we, we right. knocked him out of a couple of them. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I I got one, and this is I'll have to admit this has been a tough week, a really tough week. Uh, it's a little thin, a little thin. Nine hundred and forty thousand. That's got to be the multifamily uh, construction. <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, that John, it's not as impressive as it sounds, but yeah, we we, <laughs> we, we, we talked about this every smile on Chris's yeah. face is pretty impressive right yeah, now. Yeah, so. yeah. That's pretty good, Chris. So, so that nine hundred forty thousand, I'm rounding. I think it was a little higher than that. That's the number of multifamily units in the pipeline going to completion. Record number keeps on rising. You know, keeps yep. on going up month after month. Is that, That's is that a lot worry of units. You at all? Does that worry you at all? Is that a good thing? Okay, it depends on your perspective. Yep. Uh, if if you if your perspective is inflation, I'd say bring it on, baby, because we need more rental units. We need declining yeah. rents because the rents yeah. are driving the cost of housing services. So that's so what, my immediate 
uh, take. Yeah. So I'm going to take it from the lending side. Yeah. And and we're talking about construction now, right? So we started right. building that particular multifamily unit, and the person who did that construction loan 18 months ago was in a very different interest rate environment and a very different cap rate environment yep. than where he is today. And now that he's looking for permanent financing in a much more frightening world. How do you feel about the lending side of that particular piece of the conversation? And I would say the bid and the ask on that is Grand Canyon wide right now. Yeah, uh, I, I I'm totally with you. I you know if I'm a multifamily <laughs> a developer, I'm pretty nervous about this. That's right. Uh, that's if right. I'm a bank lender uh, that's extended a mortgage loan into the multifamily space, I probably. Uh, I should be a little nervous about this because it means higher vacancy, weak rents, and you know that might be a di- some difficult uh, create some difficulty. Uh, I also worry um, because of the tightening and underwriting uh, for multifamily mortgage lending, which is you know clear from the senior loan office survey and, and other anecdotes that uh, we may see some real pullback in multifamily construction. Uh, it, that'll take some time because you got all this stuff in the pipeline. But if, if you look out, you know, towards the end of this year, and certainly by this time next year, uh, I suspect we're going to see much less multifamily construction, which is not, we, we not need as many housing units as we can That's possibly right. get given the affordable shortage. So it, it, you know, in the immediate near term, trying to get inflation in, I'm saying, let's, I, I want lower rents because that translates into, you know, lower inflation, measured inflation, but uh, shelter and right. housing, right, yeah. right. So well, John, uh, it's not as bad though as the other CRE. Right? You have Fannie and Freddie. True. Oh no, no, multifamily is the is the is the good one in commercial real estate, right? I mean, right. That, that's the the poster child. And and Mark, you and I have talked about this a long time. Chris, you and I have talked about this a long time. We we had a housing crisis prior to COVID. We have a housing crisis post COVID. Builders were really the ones that got savaged back in the Great Financial Crisis. We didn't build enough homes in in the 2010s. Um, you know, we're, we are struggling to kind of catch up. We, we need more housing. No question. It's just right now, the financing that is sure. kind of an interesting, interesting piece of the puzzle in the, in the near term. So, so John, you, you, uh, you're, uh, have a window into what's going on with all these different types of lending activities, mm-hmm. uh, because of the, of the trading and, and whole loans that you do. If, if you kind of rank order all the different, uh, types of lending, is office the thing you're most worried about? Would be at the would that be at the top? That's office uh, mortgage office lending? And, and subprime auto and subprime card. Okay. Um, you know, I, we we've wondered about this for a while. What happens to to young people today and in this inflationary environment that we're in? Come July or August when we turn student loan payments back on. Right. You know, Three hundred dollars a month is the average student loan payment. We haven't been making that for two plus years. Inflation has risen. You know, we've seen the percentage of consumer debt coming out of the wallet of the consumer kind of continue to rise. Have have those young people already spent that three hundred dollars elsewhere on foods and goods and car payments? And and so when we turn that number back on and we have to kind of prioritize the payments at the consumer level, uh, you know, does that pinch cards even more? Does that pinch autos even more? Does that pinch mortgage? Um, you know, again, looking at that kind of consumer number. So uh, on the lower end of income, on the younger end of age, and on the b- lower end of credit, am I probably worried in, in the consumer book, in the commercial book, I'm more worried about office. 
Um, I'm a little worried about construction, kind of like what we just talked about with multifamily, but with other products as well. It's a similar conversation. We were in very different interest rate environment 18 months ago. Um, so those are the, those are the parts of the, of the, uh, the sector that we're in. In going to the other end, uh, which loan types are you uh, most uh, comfortable with and least concerned about? Yeah, I mean, mortgage is, in a, I think, in a great spot. Um, I see. Yeah, you know, we we we've got, you know, how many of us have a three percent thirty year fixed rate loan? You know, I mean, or, or less. So, what we call forever loans, um, yeah, has it, been a real boom for the economy, and that that three percent payment is is exceedingly efficient. Uh, almost too efficient and it's, it's not causing Americans to want to move, right? People are staying put because they don't want to lose their loan. Uh, and so what we've seen because of that is, is, is HELOCs really take off this year, uh, record volumes and HELOCs. Home, home equity loans. Yeah. Home equity lines of credit. Correct. Uh, because you don't want to sell your house um, and, and you want to improve it. So uh, there's kind of two schools of thought. I, I, I love my mortgage, but I hate my house. Um, so I'm going to take out a HELOC to spruce up and make my house better. The other side of the argument is I love that house, but I want to date the rate. I want to go out and get a six and a half percent cash out or a six and a half percent purchase loan, excuse me, uh, and buy the home I want, but I'm really praying to God I have to refi in two years to get that payment down. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's this kind of war going on in mortgage, but uh, delinquencies are very low and have been very low. Maybe on the subprime part of credit, maybe the um, you know uh, lower end of, of that, but mortgage has been so tight for so long. I think mortgage is, is in a really, really good spot. Mm-hmm. E- even with the house price declines that are kind of in train. Well, uh, you and I have chatted about this before. I mean, what uh, since COVID, home values are up forty percent. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if I'm worried, I'm worried about those loans that were probably made oh March of twenty two. And on right before the Fed kind of put their foot on our throat and raised rates. Um, so those are the ones, particularly those in the Zoom towns uh, or those areas where people kind of bid up homes. Um, those are probably the ones. That, that's a that's a pretty tiny window compared to the overall mortgage book that's out there. Uh, because I mean, we really refied the oh, half of the thirteen trillion dollar mortgage market over the last three years. I mean. Wicken and United Wholesale almost put themselves out of business by refining every loan there is out there. So prepayment speeds on mortgages have been historically low, three and 4% CPRs, just because of people wanting to stay in the houses that they're already in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Marissa, I saw you put down your your uh, your headset there. Were you going to say something? Did you, do do you have a different perspective than John on any of that? Or is that pretty consistent with uh, your, your views of of, uh, of credit quality across lending types. Yeah. I mean, we, if we look at the data from Equifax that we get, we see the problem areas are subprime among younger borrowers and their consumer installment loans, but that's a very small share of, of total right. debt outstanding. Right. So it's not, it's not enough to worry about in terms of a, a major economic um, impact. If, if those continue to go, far. I mean, the delinquency rates on those segments are now higher than they were. 2019 prior to the pandemic. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. And mortgage is the best of the bunch for sure. Chris, anything, any, any pushback there? Any, seems like we're all <clears throat> kind of in the same place. Yeah. Which no pushback. Marissa has this. Uh, no, yeah. Marissa has this. Yeah. What's that? 
which means we're wrong probably that's right we got yeah. it we all got to go oppo now we all yeah, got to say yeah, the yeah. world's about to right. crash down on his head and the consumer is about to completely hit there the you wall. go yes, uh, yeah i mean we're all yeah. saying they're all thinking the same thing uh, group think yeah but yeah. no you no pushback chris or any granularity there no okay. no marissa has this great chart for credit cards based on that data by vintage and it's just shocking how bad the credit cards originated in 2021 and 2022 are behaving. The delinquency rates are well above any other previous vintage at this Which, same I mean, that's a leading level. indicator, right, Chris? Right. I mean, that's that's a, exactly. a part of the consumer that I think we've been kind of talking around that that is worrisome. Exactly. So I think there's plenty to, to worry about. Um, but I would agree with the ordering. Resi, mortgage, we have lots of equity we'd have to destroy before defaults really picked up. So Okay. Okay. Well, uh, I think we're coming to time, but before we end, John, uh, I'd like to kind of get you on the record, uh, go back to Uh where the conversation Uh began, probability of recession. And I'm going to go around the horn here uh, because we haven't done this in a bit. Let me ask it this way. What, and we've, we've innovated on this question a little bit more recently. So, uh, and you can answer this any way you want, obviously, but what is what uh, a probability of recession would you put on a recession beginning at some point this year in 2023 in the, in the remaining eight, nine months? And what probability would you put on recession uh, conditional on no recession in 23 beginning in 2024? I, I know that's a mouthful, but you get what I'm saying? I so, do. Yeah. Okay. I, I think the probability of 23 is, is low. I'll, I'll say 40%. Okay. I think the probability of a, of a soft recession is in 24. Uh, and, and it really kind of, you and I've talked about this a lot. I, I think we got one more rate hike coming. I think it's May. Uh, I do think we're higher for longer. Um, I, I think Powell's serious about keeping it here and killing inflation. I think he knows that if the banking sector cracks, he can always drop rates if he has to. If he has to choose between the banking sector and and inflation right now, he's picking inflation. And I think he's been just razor clear on that. Even though the market is desperate for a pivot, he's not giving it to us. Mm -hmm. So I think we get another quarter point hike. I think we're higher for longer. I think inflation's a little stickier than we want it to be. Um, so it goes down, but it doesn't go down as much as we hope. And I don't have a firm number on that. I'm a trader. I'm not an economist, but that's, that's the kind of the feel for me. So I think uh, a low probability of a, of a recession, uh, this year, but, but likely one in the early part of, of 24. So over 50% in 2024. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Because inflation is uh, stickier and the fed may need to raise rates even more later in the year something like that. <laughs> God, I hope not. But, yeah, uh, but okay. yes. Yeah. Uh, so every time Powell gets up on stage, I just want to grab the shepherd's hook and just pull him off yeah. and just say, please, please stop. Well, that's his intent though, John. Right. Oh, he's no, yeah. he's been he's been consistent. He wants you I'll to be pessimistic. He wants you to be upset. That's he's got well, you in his, his sights, I, you know. I'm I'm mad. Guys I'm, like I, you. I, I, yeah. he's, he's, he's getting what he he's, wants. He's he's, he's, he's he's winning. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for okay. sure. Okay. Very good. I, you know, my views are very similar to yours, but I'll come back to that in a second. So Marissa, what are your probabilities now? I'm at 20? 45% for 2023 and about mm-hmm. 55% for next year. Okay. Okay. Very good. And same kind of logic as John articulated? Yeah. I mean, barring some, it's always unforeseen, right? Seems like it is. Barring some unforeseen shock this year, I don't, the economy is 
seems very, very solid. We seem to have gone through the, this banking crisis fine. So I don't see a recession this year. I think the bigger risk risk is beginning of next year when rates have been high for a significant period of time and things have been flowing for a while. Although I find it so fascinating that you characterize 40, 45% as low. It's like, it feels like pretty damn high to me. <laughs> well, I mean, if we do have a recession, though, this will be the most pontificated and forecasted recession in the history of ever, right? Absolutely. I mean, we have been talking about the inversion in the yield curve for how long? And, yeah. and that, you know, I mean, if yeah. we miss on this, uh, we, we have good company. Yeah. And, and how many people... Re- predicted or said we were in recession or would be in 2022, right? I mean, yeah. if you would go back then, there were so many people that thought a recession would happen last year. Well, Mark, we were in a technical recession for a minute there. You and I had that conversation. Uh, Mark uh, bristles uh, that. Uh, I'm not going there. Technical. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I said it with, uh, the revisions. with all, all reverence when I made uh, yeah, that statement. I yeah. knew I'd get the grin that I'm looking at. Right I did, how in the world do you create 500,000 jobs a month and call it anything close to recession? I don't, I don't know. You don't. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Anyway, anyway, Chris, where are you on these probabilities? Uh, unchanged, 45% this year. Yep. Because so, this would reverse a 65% chance. Condition on no recession this year, 65% chance. That's a change, Chris. That's a change. You're at 67%. <laughs> no. Oh. Yeah. No, no, well, uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're Two down. Weeks ago, he full kind of guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> so 67% was the uh, the full 18 months, right? Oh, the oh or, okay. Right? Okay, oh. fair enough. Narrow so, if the you're, window, so John's or, right? Yeah. Recession either this year or next year is 70%, yeah. right? Okay, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Which got I think it. is yours too, Mark. It is, it is, yeah. Um, so that's above the two-thirds threshold. Right? Which, which I've used your slow session terminology uh, a few times in my conversations, Mark, where- uh, I, Actually, that's Chris's. I don't want to take you know, credit with credit. He, he actually is paying for the We're URL. a team here. We're yeah. a team Mark, we got, Yeah, we have the TM on that? I mean, what do we, what do we got? We got uh, we, we've tried, or I think we got denied, or I don't uh, know. You know Red did tape. we get denied? Yeah, Chris? Not, worth I don't, it. not worth it. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, that that that's uh, that's very helpful. I, I I lied. I have one more question, and you may Please. not know the answer to. You may not have an answer to it, but I ask everyone this question because I I'm confused by it. Uh, so uh, if you look at the, you mentioned the treasury yield curve being inverted. Yeah. That's screaming recession, right? Uh, and but if you look at the um, the corporate bond market and look at spreads, they're very the the, the difference between. Uh, corporate bond yields and treasury yields, risk-free treasury yields is very, I wouldn't say narrow, it isn't small, but it isn't wide. It's kind of near historical norms. No no sign of recession there. And then if you look at the uh, equity market, the stock market, you know, clearly it fell a lot in early 2022. In my view, that's just a reflection of a normalization of rates rising, you know, the Fed starting to raise rates and normalize rates. Price earnings multiples came in, but over the past year, pretty much now, I think it's it's been a year since stock prices have basically gone sideways. They've not gone up, they've not gone down. The S and P five hundred still sitting at, I think forty one hundred, forty one fifty, kind of at the top end of the range of the past year. That's not saying recession. So, and of course, I'm, the, I should have said the corporate bond market's not saying recession. So, do you have a theory as to how to square those things? Uh, is there any? Do you have any sense of that? Well, so the two-year right now, 416, as I stare at the screens, the 10-year at 353. 
Uh, so we're 62 apart on twos and tens, and that's come down quite a bit. We were mm-hmm. at around 100 there for a hot yep. minute. Um, you know, you and I will disagree on this particular topic, but I think the market just kind of factors in there's going to be a bailout, right? We've just, every time there's, we don't let things fail anymore. I mean, hmm. we'll throw money at it. We just threw $5 trillion at covid uh, you know, if there is a challenge and a pride, we just, we just guaranteed deposits. Uh, you know, I think we're banking on the bailout. Um, oh, and, and, that is and, interesting. I uh, hadn't heard that one. So you're uh, saying just, maybe we go into recession, but ultimately policymakers step in and say, we're not doing, we're not allowing. Or, or the Fed will cut. I mean, that goes, or I mean, Fed I think he, if he has to choose right now, he's ah. choosing to fight inflation. But if we have yeah. something that truly is systematic, he, he right. always has in his back pocket that he can, he can eliminate unrealized losses by cutting rates. Right. Uh, and, and that would, you know, and, and we, we got a pivot indirectly whenever SVB happened and, and the, the two and the 10 year plummeted. I mean, the, the two year was over 5%. It's, you know, only back up to 417. The 10 year was what, four and a half percent, four and a quarter, four and a quarter, I think is where it kind of peaked out at. And, you know, now here we are back at 353. So, I mean, and, and those drops, have eliminated or at least reduced some of those unrealized losses in the banking sector. So mm. I just, I mean, I'm, I worry about that long-term is just throwing money at it is, mm. is always, it's been our solution for the last several crises. Mm-hmm. Of course it was with this banking crisis as well, right? We yep. didn't ETFB. tolerate any pain. Yeah. 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 Interesting. That's a great, deposits. interesting take. Yeah. Uh, very interesting take. Okay. Well, that was very, uh, I really appreciate it, John. Thanks for coming on there. We learned a lot. I learned a lot. Uh, and I really appreciate you taking the time. Anything I missed, anything I should have asked you that I didn't ask you? Like, no, I mean, uh, it, it, other than uh, will the Grizzlies win the NBA championship? Oh, I didn't ask you that, but I, uh, I'm, I'm, we can go in. I mean, I, I'm hopeful and, and, and prayerful jaws. Okay. I think uh, if he's back, we've, yeah. we've got a chance. I hate that we, we lost Brandon Clark and, uh, uh, and Stephen Adams, uh, we got the injury bug kind of nipping us. But uh, hey, look, if it's if it's the Sixers and the Grizz, uh, you and I are attending that game. We're going to make that happen. I, right? I, you're on. Uh, you're on. Let's let's go. Yeah, you're on. Um, you know, I, one just thank you, Mark. We've we've had a great uh, relationship over these last couple of years, and I really appreciate everything Moody's has done. The the, the partnership with Raymond James and Moody has been fantastic. Chris, uh, you've been fantastic in our calls. Marissa, great to meet you. You know, nice to meet you uh, finally. Interact in the past, but um, it, it's I've enjoyed the conversations. It's been great to do this uh, and everything else that we've had going on for these last several years. Right back at you, John. Really appreciate yeah. the friendship yeah. and uh, the relationship with Raymond James. So thank you very much. And with that, dear listener, um, uh, we're going to call this a podcast. Take care now.